Welcome to the Women Influencers in Business and CRE podcast. I am Veronica Malolis, CCIM founder and CEO of Capital Stack Real Estate Group, a commercial real estate company serving the greater Orlando area. Today's guest is my friend, Christina Ballas, who leads strategy development and operations nationally for Coldwell Banker Commercial. We spoke about how becoming a trailblazer sets up the next generation for success and her wonderful story of being shaped by her Armenian roots growing up, an episode you don't want to miss. Please don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe below. I welcome your comments and please share with someone who can benefit from this podcast. Good morning, Christina. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. Very excited for this conversation. Yeah, me too. You know, it's actually quite cold this morning in Florida, believe it or not, 48 degrees. So our our heat is cranking. <laughs> now you're from New Jersey. That's, that's so cool. Florida. <laughs> you're from New Jersey. So it's what's the temperature today? I think it's about the same. It was in the mid 40s. So we're uh, having almost the same weather. It's chilly. <laughs> okay. Chilly for for us, I think, more than people that are kind of experiencing tons and tons of snow. But we're here today because you have been so kind as to grace our podcast. And I wanted to start off by asking you about your story, how you grew up in your environment and how you got to where you are today. So please tell us, Christina. Absolutely. First, again, thank you for having me and for providing a platform for women to tell their story, to hopefully influence others to, you know, be their best versions of themselves. I really appreciate the platform. My story, I think I can break apart into three key moments in my life that really shaped who I am today. If I could take our listeners on a journey 30 years ago, if you picture kind of a knobby need kid that was really you know, a school, I was a school-loving kid. I grew up in a great suburban town in New Jersey with a great education, and, and I had a lot of privilege growing up. The story of kind of how I got there from my parents um, is is kind of what, what brings me to my main moments. So, you know, my mom was born and raised in New York City to immigrant parents. My dad came to this country as a refugee and my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was really influential in, in being involved in my cultural education as well. So it was really important for her, uh, for me to understand my Armenian roots. And when I was around 10 years old in 1994, she took me to Armenia on an aid, an aid trip with a lobbying organization. I was the only kid on the trip. I was, it was probably about 40 or 50 adults, and it was right after the fall of communism and after a really terrible earthquake in uh, 88. And so there was one hour of electricity in the capital per day. There was barely any clean running water, and there was really rubble everywhere. And this was my first international trip ever. That, that really shaped everything for the rest of my life, going to a place where my ancestors had come from that had nothing compared to what I had really put into perspective how much opportunity is at my fingertips just by being born and raised in the United States. And that really Absolutely. shaped. Yeah, that really shaped how I how I decided to not want to squander opportunities 
and how it gave me the courage to try things that maybe my parents or grandparents never tried before. They took the courage to come, you know, to to come to this country and set up a new life. And for me, I how could I not have the courage to just try anything that comes my way? Wow, that's beautiful. Please go on. Tell us about perhaps leaving the uh, the coop and and going to college. So that that is the perfect other moment in my life. So I I was the first in my immediate family to go to a four year school. I was definitely the first to live away at college. I was one of the first in my um, church community as a woman living away at college. That was a, a bold thing at the time, even though that might not sound revolutionary for most people that were born and raised in this country. But in my small community, it was a big deal that my parents were allowing me to live away and to really kind of explore myself at college. And so I went away to Rutgers and within which was an amazing education. Within two years, I was really kind of close with my RA and we called them preceptors. I was really close with my preceptor and he picked something up on me and that I really liked being involved. And so he recommended I should also be a preceptor. And I said, well, what is what is that? I don't really want to babysit kids my own age. That's not going to do great things for my social life. And what he told me is it's not about babysitting. It was about building community. And that just struck a light bulb you know, in my head, I was so excited at the concept of creating a place for first year students to fall in love with our college and to really be a part of a community and to feel that sense of belonging. And I jumped in, you know, feet first and I I loved everything about it. Through that, I had a friend of mine say, hey, have you thought about going to grad school? Because if you're a hall director, you'll have grad school tuition paid for. I was the first in my immediate family to go to college, let alone think about grad school. You know, my main goal was just go to college, get a job, make money, continue on with life. And so that really, um, you know, was influential because I did go to grad school. I did, you know, help manage a dorm of, you know, several hundred students and I had a staff. And that gave me, besides the building community piece that I really loved, it gave me um, a sense of management, leadership style understanding when you have committed staff all you know focused on one value how you can really build beautiful things for others to experience and how you can create safe places for people to flourish so that was the next part of my life that really shaped how I would bring that into my career later on yeah that's wonderful yeah it was it was such a rich environment anybody that's been in student services i think probably could have that kinship of like oh yeah that was hard work but it was so um so enriching really truth truthfully yeah my son actually went to georgia tech he's an engineer wow. and he was an ra and all four years he he served that community and i think it's fantastic it's a fantastic fantastic experience for for college students absolutely but yes so so tell us more Okay, so I um I was lucky enough to graduate grad school in 2007. So when I graduated, it felt like the world was my oyster. Within six months of working, I realized real quick that life was about to change because 2008 was right right there, and I was working for a financial institution at the time in marketing. So it that was kind of interesting going through a career as an elder millennial, just seeing so many economic changes. And I was lucky that I didn't have a lot of debt because I was an RA and a hall director. So I, I was positioned well that way to make you know certain work decisions in my life. But you know, ultimately, I worked for some really great big companies. 
before landing to this role. But the the role that it wasn't necessarily the role that shifted my thinking. There was a company I had worked for that was in a state that didn't have any paid family leave at the time and didn't have any policies that were deeply there for women at work, especially new parents. And so I was pregnant with my second child. I went to my HR and to my bosses and said, you know, my first pregnancy, I had a, I really struggled with postpartum if I could be vulnerable to your audience. And I, I was really gearing up to, to have to deal with that, you know, after my second baby came. And so I asked for some unpaid time with a full commitment of coming back to work about a month or so. And I was denied it. It wasn't part of their policy. And that was that. And so if I didn't want to come back to work, I would lose my job. So what ended up happening is my my husband, thankfully, also was working at a company that had a great leave program. He ended up with more paid family leave than I did. And he was oh, able, willing and participating in our you know parenting journey. And he stayed home with our kids with more leave than I did. And so that was fine. They were they were fine. I was struggling. I was really struggling. And, you know, that moment of coming back to a place that I didn't feel supported with my life journey really set a light bulb off that I would not work for a company again that didn't have values that really aligned with mine. And that became a really important piece for the rest of my career. And that's ultimately what brought me to Coldwell Banker and Coldwell Banker Commercial specifically. Wow, that's an amazing story. I love that you shared about the family being okay, but that you were struggling more than everybody else, because that is what is so unique to women. And so thank you for sharing that. I wanted to ask you about a challenge that you overcame. And you just sort of spoke about one of them, but perhaps you had another challenge that you can share with our audience and how you overcame it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that, um, so many of us, when we close our eyes, we can think of challenges we overcame. It's what gives us that grit. You know, I, when I think about women in our industry, I, um, you know, some, I was listening to other pod, I'm a big podcast consumer. Um, and so I was listening to a podcast recently with Trevor Noah and, um, he was interviewing Janelle Monet. She was, she's a musician for those of you that don't know and an actress. Um, and she was talking about Prince and how she heard a pastor telling a story that resonated with her. And that's how I think of women in our industry. You know, when you think of walking in the snow, you absolutely can do it, right? You have the right boots on, you have the right gear. But if somebody walked before you and you can see the footprints where you can model where you're going to step, it's easier. You certainly can do it and you do do it without those prints there. You might fall, you might dust off the snow, you might get a little scuffed or dirty, but you can. It's just easier when you see those footprints in front of you. And that's the challenge that I think are the women in our industry and commercial real estate are really faced with right now. I think there's a lot of people right now making those prints for others to follow their footsteps, but it's just white um, canvas right now of, of, of what's out there. So it's an interesting time to be a tra- uh, kind of a trailblazer and to set the next generation up for success. So that's, I think, our challenge today. Yeah. And what about you? Did you experience something like that? And who was it that trailblazed for you? Was there someone who comes to mind? So, so many, but I'll try to narrow it down. Uh, for me, it's it's been a lot of that. Um, you know, I've had to really quiet the imposter syndrome from, from my brain. I know that that's a very common thing, you know, people say today, but it, it's it's real. 
not knowing kind of where to go or what to do is is confusing to set yourself for success, right? So um, not having the modeled um, situation of somebody that had been to a four-year school, that lived away in school, that went to grad school, you know, I just had to pay attention and be curious at the world around me and see what others were doing to become successful and try to to just pick the things that resonated with me and just just try it. The challenge of not knowing to me has probably been the biggest one to overcome. I think my curiosity has probably helped me figure some stuff out that weren't natural. But as far as, you know, maybe influences that in this in this role, in this industry and in the commercial real estate space, because I'm only maybe five years in at this point, I could think really clearly to Allison Weiss. She's just a wonderful woman in the space. And my boss, uh, Dan Spiegel, just had a feeling that I'd get along with her and introduced me to her actually to interview her for my podcast. And there was just something about her that, she, and she knew maybe what I needed. And she pushed me to say, you, you're you in it. You're in our club. Like you are one of us. Because there was just a lot of nervousness of joining a new industry as you know a woman in the space. And she just gave me that comfort that I belonged. And that's really the piece that I needed. Oh, that's just absolutely wonderful. Allison is a wonderful human being. And I'm also so honored to know her. I wanted to ask you about your leadership in the industry and, of course, in your role in Cola Banker Commercial and how your influence has actually impacted anybody around you, perhaps your organization. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. I am very lucky that I'm in a position that I can influence change at my company. I'm also very lucky that I have leadership that really believes in not just me, but in the causes that are important to me. That's that piece of being at a company with and with a boss that that is aligned with your values. And so when I joined the commercial team, I noticed that there just weren't a lot of women in our top two. So we manage a program called Top Two and Elite, which are top 2% of the producers at my company in our network. And there was maybe one two women in, in say 50, 60 people. And that just felt um, misaligned with what I thought could be. And so I put some effort really into not just networking the women at Coal Banker Commercial, but finding opportunities, speakers, learning, skills building to really help help them achieve their success. And so we created a women at CBC group with some intentional meetings and meetups in person and just um, some skill building opportunities. And then my sister brand, Colwell Banker for Residential, has this amazing program called What Moves Her. And they're very focused on creating leadership spaces for women in the real estate industry. And so um, we parlayed our, you know, our, our small group um, of women at CBC into a larger concept of What Moves Her presented by CBC. And that's really opened up the doors for me to connect people like yourself with women at my company. Um, and last year, um, our top two women were, we had seven. So it was, uh, we were up to 11% of our top two producers were women. Now there's still a gap that I'd love to close, but it's a big, it was a big difference from one. So we're, we're working our way and we're, we're trying our best to really empower those that want to make this their path, their path. That's wonderful. You know, Cola Banker Commercial is lucky to have you 
because this type of intentionality, I think, may be lacking in a lot of organizations, especially in promoting women in our industry. So kudos to you. Congratulations. Now, if there was one piece of advice that you could give our listeners, what would that be? My piece of advice is going to sound oversimplified. It is, you got this. You got this. I, throughout my life, have been lucky enough to to talk with and be counsel to many amazing women, both at work and in my personal life. And the common theme that always comes up in, in our conversations is a friend of mine or a colleague that presents a problem, talks to me about the solution that they think they want to take, but they're unsure. And 99% of the time, it's just me telling them that what they think is right is probably right. So you got this is my best advice. Try it. I mean, listen, I have no friends that are brain surgeons that are asking me what to do in their operating room. So when I say you got this, I mean, in a business capacity, usually, um, but that, you know, take small risks and have the confidence that you, you can do this. Why not you? I mean, that's, that's something I say to myself a lot. Why not you? Yeah, well, that's a very simple piece of advice. But let me tell you, we can't hear that enough. And so thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, so we've actually come to the portion of our interview where I get to hand over the mic to you and you get to ask me a question. And I'm always so excited about this part as well. I am so excited to ask you this question. So Veronica, as I've gotten to know you, the thing that stuck out to me that I want to know is where did your guts come from? So when I say that, I, I know that you jumped into the commercial real estate industry. I know that you started your own company. I know that you launched this podcast, but where along your path did you find those guts to do those things? Well, great question. And thank you for asking. I'll tell you that I found my guts through my support system. I think that it's very interesting with the immigrant families that when we come to a country where we don't know anybody, we don't have community, we're just starting out where everybody else went to school together, have really, really strong ties with people who are already successful, right? As an immigrant myself and my family, we really knew how to build community by within our own families first. And so when I got the opportunity to do commercial real estate, my first thing was to ask my husband if it was okay, if it's okay that he can expect that I probably won't be contributing to our financial well-being for uh, maybe a couple of years. And because he gave me the confidence and said, I support your dreams, I will support whatever it is that you decide to do. I think that really mattered. And so my guts really come from my support system. I mean, come on, I have this great sense of adventure like you. And I want to do a lot of things, but I don't really want to take risks that would harm the people around me, especially my family. And so that's really where the guts come from. It's just from having a good support system. And, you know, it made me think about the disadvantaged families how they don't have a support system like that. And so it's so important for someone who may be disadvantaged in that way to go out and seek mentors and create this support system that otherwise they would not naturally have. 
So that would be the answer to my question. So I've, I've enjoyed that very much. It was there before we say, I just want to say that's profound, Veronica, really like the, the financial freedom to be able to take risks is a real challenge that people have to be able to overcome, especially in the commercial real estate industry. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Good point there. Well, I appreciate our time together. And I know you're such a busy woman. I appreciate you so much, Christina. I appreciate your friendship, the work that you do to promote women in the industry. I say congratulations. Keep doing what you're doing. And do you have maybe some parting words for our audience before we go? Absolutely. I would say um, be curious, take small risks where you feel like you can, and just have the confidence in yourself that you try to give to other people around you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I wish you all very best during the holidays. And I will see you soon, Christina. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really wonderful. Thank you.